Welcome to Volunteer Plain Talk Podcast, the podcast for today's leaders of volunteers. Your host is me, Meridian Swift. everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Volunteer Plain Talk podcast. I am so excited for you to hear my guest, Bo Golieber, who heads up philanthropy at Finger Paint, a health and wellness marketing agency. I had recently read an article in the Employee Benefit News, and in this article, they interviewed Bo about the culture at Finger Paint. Bo stated that she believes that in this day and age, companies need to keep corporate social responsibility at the forefront. Employees are looking for companies that are passionate about giving back, and this includes volunteering. So I reached out to Bo, and she got right back with me and was so gracious in granting an interview. I wanted to talk to her about how we volunteer managers can better engage our partners and how we can stop looking at corporate volunteering as a burden and a one-day event, but instead start to form a relationship with those who reach out to volunteer with us. In the show notes, you'll find links to Finger Paint and also to the article that I'm referring to in which Bo is interviewed about engaging employees through volunteering. So if you're looking for some actionable advice on how to forge relationships with your CSR or corporate social responsibility partners, then You'll love this episode. Welcome, Bo, and thank you so much for joining us today on the Volunteer Plain Talk podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bo is gracious enough to talk with us today about corporate volunteering and what that means for us and how we as volunteer managers can do a better job of engaging our corporate volunteers. Bo, uh, my first question to you is, when fingerprint gets involved in some sort of volunteering activity, can you tell us what it is that makes you want to partner with an organization? What it is that makes you want to return to that organization? I think one of the things that works really well for us when we work with an organization is the flexibility and adaptability to help us. We want to give back, but sometimes we need the organizations to be flexible with us because of the nature of the work that we do. Thinking is a health and wellness marketing agency, so ultimately we're in an advertising world where we are client service focused. So first thing first, we need an organization to um, understand that we, we have to have that flexibility around our numbers in terms of how many people can show up. I try really hard to be conscious of the fact that if they need something specific that we don't sign up for it unless I know that we can deliver. The last thing I want is to say, hey, we'll take 12 volunteer slots and then only have four people show up. So I think it the first thing 
that's really important is to have a really open dialogue and open communication about expectations for each other. I think oftentimes organizations get nervous when they talk to a corporate sponsor um, or, you know, a corporate partner because they feel like they have this obligation to, you know, make sure we're happy and that we get what we want. But I feel, and I can't speak for other corporate, you know, entities, obviously, but I think it's really important for it to be mutually beneficial partnership and that the organizations need to feel comfortable asking for what they need from their corporate partner and not be afraid to say like, hey, this is, this is what we could use for this particular activity. And if this doesn't work, if we can't make it work for this one, being flexible around coming up with other options so that everybody gets what they want. But it really starts with open, open dialogue, I think. Um, that's first and foremost. And that's what makes me want to keep going back is knowing that I can have a really open conversation and a really authentic connection with somebody where we understand where each other is coming from is what makes me want to keep working with that organization. Thank you so much for saying that because I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And I know I experience this too. The fear that if you just upset the apple cart, then your corporate partner is just going to walk away and go somewhere else. And really appreciate your saying, you know, you need to hear from us that maybe this isn't going to work in this way, but let's, let's flex it so that we can make it work for everybody. Exactly. I think it's okay. I mean, the reality of it is we both have jobs to do. You know, if a corporate partner is at a point where we're reaching out to do some volunteer work, we're obviously trying to check a box for our staff to get some engagement or because we give a, you know, we care about your organization, whatever it might be with the reasoning behind it. But you guys also have to make sure that you're not stressing your staff or if it's volunteering with kids that we're not overwhelming your programming. So I think it's really important to just and like any relationship, being really honest about what lies ahead and what the expectations are so that everybody gets on the same page. I think we have to start breaking down this weird barrier between corporate sponsors and people in development roles and volunteer coordination roles because otherwise nobody's ever really going to get what they want. Everyone's working, walking on eggshells around each other and, um, and not focusing on what the, the ultimate goal is. And really, the ultimate goal is for my employees to get an opportunity to engage with whatever amazing programs you have to offer. And you guys are looking forward to having the community partnership, the connection to your programming, and hopefully a long-term relationship that's going to yield other benefits in future years. Yeah, and and, and I think the uh, goal is to create a partnership so that it's not a one-off. So let me ask you this. What kind of feedback is, let's say, after the event, if it's an event, after a, a, a one-day event is over, what kind of feedback is most helpful to you? For me in particular, um, like thinking about stuff that we've done in the past, I think if a nonprofit were to say to me, we, I, I guess just really honest feedback about what they experienced and what they think we could do better or what worked or what didn't. I mean, certainly I wouldn't want you to be like, everything was great. If really you're thinking, oh my God, I hope they never call us again. We don't ever want them back. We, that would be terrible. We, we don't want that. So, no, I would... I think anytime a nonprofit can say, especially when you have somebody like me in a role, if there's somebody, if the company cares enough to employ someone to be coordinating these types of events, then you should hopefully feel comfortable to be able to speak 
for what you need or what would need to change, you know. So I think just honest feedback that is timely and relevant, that's really helpful. If there's something more that you could have used from us, that would be helpful. Um, if something didn't work and you feel like, you know, maybe next time we don't do that or, you know, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the things that we don't ever want to overwhelm an organization. We're planning something big for a summer that's like for our philanthropy day, and it's going to be a tremendous amount of coordination. I can't really talk about it yet because it's still um, in the works, but, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of coordinator, volunteer coordinators at each site, and before I even start the conversation, because I know they're completely freaking out when they're talking to me because they're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to accommodate 125 people from this, you know, this office here in New York? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying to them is, like, for starters, like, if this doesn't sound like it's something you can do, please do not take it on if it's going to overwhelm you. That is the last thing we want to do. So I think I'm sort of setting the stage for a really honest conversation, which is then creating this really great dialogue between the two of us. And that person is saying, like, you know, I'm I'm scared that we're not going to be able to, you know, make sure that everybody has something to do. And I'm like, okay, well, then let's, let's talk about that. Like, what are some things that we can do to help come up with a solution? So I think it's like just that dialogue is really important and, and being honest about what you need or what's not working. If someone's not communicating the way that the organization needs them to, then the only way they're going to know they're doing something wrong is if you point it out politely. And frankly, if any corporate sponsor can't, a good corporate sponsor who's looking for a mutually beneficial partnership will be open to the dialogue. Yeah. Have you, without, you know, coming up with any names or instances, have you ever showed up at a site and the volunteer manager or whoever's in charge of the event for that day just looks like they are about to have a meltdown? And and does that not give you a sense of, uh-oh, maybe this is not the greatest thing ever? Yeah. I mean, I think there's certainly, you only get one chance to make a first impression, right? So, mm-hmm. like... If I show up to someplace, especially because I do have a background in it, I can sort of, I'm good at reading people, so I can be like, oh, this wasn't well orchestrated, or someone didn't have their ducks in a row, or, you know, I can kind of pick up on that. And, you know, I think that the worst part is, because I have a responsibility too, right? I've got people coming in on Saturday after working a 50-hour work week, and I'm asking them to volunteer their time. And they show up, and things aren't well organized, or there's nothing for them to do. Basically, the volunteer coordinator overbooked the number of volunteers, and now we're standing around in a group with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Those situations are really frustrating for both parties because it's like now you just made me frustrated because you're not prepared. You've made my employees frustrated because they just gave their time, and now they're there, and they'd really rather be home with their kids. Yeah. So I think that like there is those moments, and it doesn't happen often. And again, I also can have compassion for those people in those moments because I understand um, what it's like to be overwhelmed at a nonprofit. We all wear a million hats when we're in those roles, and I get that. But that's where that dialogue comes in. That person's responsibility is to say, you know what, we're all filled up for the day. We don't need any more volunteers, but could you guys come back on this date coming up and, and have that conversation beforehand instead of the fear of upsetting a sponsor or partner, you know, driving your decision to just have them show up because ultimately you might end up damaging the relationship even more when you could have just solved it by being really honest on the front end. So I think those, those are, that's probably the most important piece of feedback I can give is if you start to feel yourself like in over your head as a volunteer coordinator, like then call some people off the job for the day and 
don't overwhelm yourself or, you know, take the chance of potentially alienating them and being frustrated that they showed up and you didn't really need their help. Yeah. And along the, uh, the lines of the feedback, what kind of feedback after the fact, and not talking about, uh, you know, what went wrong, what went good, but what kind of feedback really works for you that shows the impact of what you did? Is it stories? Is it, uh, you know, a note from the CEO? What have you had back that really resonated with your employees? One of the things that I think uh, was really effective one time, we did a cleanup where we actually, like, cleaned up the cabins in the grounds of a camp for kids with serious illnesses up here in the Adirondacks. And one of the things they did was send us a really nice thank you with, like, pictures of the kids, like, outside the cabin. So then I was able to forward that to my staff and say, like, hey, guys, check out the smiles on their faces. Thanks to you, they all had clean cabins to sleep in. And so you can kind of connect to that impact with the faces. I mean, a lot of times, many organizations don't have the luxury of letting people directly interact with the folks that they serve for whatever reason, confidentiality, safety, whatever. So sometimes it is hard to find that human connection through those volunteer opportunities. So I think if there's a follow-up after the fact where there is some kind of a human impact or their programming or the people that they serve are directly impacted by the volunteer work, kind of doing a loop, you know, a circle back to say, hey, thanks to you, you know, this was great, some kind of a direct impact. So then I can forward that to my staff and help them see the direct impact or Throughout the year, you know, one of the things I always say for organizations that's really helpful is don't just reach out when you need them. You don't want the corporate partner to just get used to hearing from you when you need something or when you have an ask. It's really great, that unsolicited feedback where it's just like a, hey, wanted to send you a picture of Mary. You know, she's wearing the one of the jackets that you guys donated from the holiday assistance, and she's super thankful. That kind of stuff shows that we get that note in February, and it's like, oh, yeah, remember we dropped off all that stuff? And so... It keeps it top of mind in terms of the direct impact to the human connection in those stories that I think makes it that much easier for somebody to sign up to volunteer on their off time after the fact. So, yeah, don't just reach out when you need something and, and correspond about those, those impact stories when you can. Yeah, that is uh, absolutely wonderful advice. And when you receive feedback from your employees after they volunteer, do you share that with the nonprofit, the good and the bad? Um, usually, I mean, typically if someone had specific feedback, chances are I probably picked up on it as well, so would probably be giving it more through my own filters. But yeah, I think when somebody does, whether it's somebody from here or I have, through my role, I have a lot of connections to the community who will give me feedback, and because I have sort of a doorway through my role to some of these organizations, it's allowed me to give constructive feedback where I feel like it would actually help them improve. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think if, if my staff shared something with me, the perfect example is like when people have showed up and been like, you know, I was there for two hours and they didn't even have anything for me to do. I basically just stood there. I definitely would find a constructive way to say, you know, in the future, if, if you feel like you're overbooked, you know, don't, don't hesitate to give me a heads up. I'd much rather have you let me know that you don't need us than to have somebody show up and not be used. So that might be the way that I give that constructive feedback to kind of give them the okay to take the out if they need it instead of just like obliging us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice. And when you're uh, partnering with a nonprofit, Bo, 
Are you looking for a particular type of uh, volunteering activity? Are you uh, more interested in, in aligning your organization, your company with an organization's mission? Is it what your employees are telling you they would like to do? How does that work? So in our case, uh, we meet with all of our employees when they're a new hire. I kind of onboard everybody that comes in and asks the kind of stuff that they're interested in. The great news is we had streamlined our buckets of giving when I first started like six or seven years ago because we were just getting inundated with requests from every direction, especially because we have multiple offices. So we started by streamlining our, our the causes that seem to be most important to staff based on the feedback at that point. And so when we're connecting with a partner, it's typically in the four areas of giving that we've chosen, which are like human welfare and humanitarian causes, then there's healthcare and research because we're a health and wellness agency, the arts and education, and then environmental and agricultural initiatives. So those four buckets seem to be the most encompassing for what's really important to our staff. And so when we are forming partnerships in all of our communities, we're typically kind of bucketing them out in those four spots. Mm -hmm. So that same thing, whether it's financial partnership, time, pro bono, is usually going to connect to one of those buckets. And usually that comes from the feedback. I get really excited when I meet with people and I can, like, I'll ask them what their interest is and they'll say it and it'll fall in one of those buckets. And I'm like, yes, okay, good. So, like, it's very rare. I think we did a good job at picking for spots that people seem to be really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so we that just helps us streamline the number of relationships that uh, there's just so many requests, as you can imagine. So yeah. it allows us to stay in a lane. That, ma- that makes sense uh, so that you're not just all over the place. And you have worked in the nonprofit sector. So how has that helped you to be able to bring that to what you're doing now and kind of kind of be that go-between or mediator or, you know, m- make those connections? I think for me, it's absolutely huge. I can't imagine having taken on this role and being able to do it successfully without the knowledge of nonprofits that I brought. And I'm so thankful. It was a logical next step for me after where I was before in the development, fundraising, and you know, marketing role at a, a nonprofit here locally. It was just the, the logical next step. I think it allows me to be able to create those authentic partnerships with people and talk to them at a level that's not talking at them, but actually talking to them. I don't ever want somebody to feel like they can't ask me a question or like they're, I'm like a scary sponsor or a scary funder. Like that's not, that's not a good feeling. We sh- there shouldn't be this, div- this much of a divide between those that are funders and those that are um, fundraisers. I like being a bridge, and I think that my knowledge allows me to be able to talk to them in a way that makes them not – that makes me understand I know what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to planning large company-wide initiatives. I know that there are some companies who have never done that before, and they're like, okay, we have 150 people. We want to come work in your food pantry. And it's like, uh, yeah, we can't accommodate 150 people anywhere, let alone in a food pantry. You know what I mean? So my knowledge of knowing that allows me to make sure that when I'm making connections for stuff like that, I can, I know a little bit more about what's, what that entails and what it's like for a nonprofit to have to manage something like that. Because let's face it, most nonprofits are probably understaffed and overworked 
And, you know, the last thing we ever want to do is have it feel like, oh, geez, here comes finger pain again. You know, mm. <laughs> that's, that's not what we want. So, mm. so I'm super thankful for my experience in the nonprofit world. And honestly, if I am ever to expand my team or anything like that where I have the opportunity to hire people, you know, under me in this role, I will definitely be looking for someone from probably a development and fundraising role. Not a ton of experience, but maybe one or two years because so much of what I do on my end is event planning. You know, we do our own internal fundraisers where we have to fundraise for Philanthropy Day. We have to do our own volunteer coordination. I have to do my own, you know, fundraising teaching and trying to teach these guys how to go in for an ask if we're fundraising for something. So it's a lot of the same job, mm-hmm. but on the, on the corporate side now. So, yeah. yeah. And what is your feeling about what I'm seeing is this overlap, blending, meshing, two entities coming together uh, as we see more and more companies uh, taking on corporate social responsibility roles, making sure that one of the benefits for their employees is to be able to give back this kind of awareness of private entities saying, oh, uh, you know, it is in our best interest to give back to the community. Do you see this as as blending going on? I do. I see, um, I mean, even just here locally, all of the banks, all of the, anything that could have potentially a direct correlation to like, you know, customer engagement or return on investment in terms of the community side of things. I think more and more companies are realizing not only is there the internal benefit of the staff being engaged, but for many of those companies, there's also the potential to increase their customer base because people want to do business with companies that care. In our case, because a philanthropic role like this is not necessarily commonplace in the ad world. It truly is about philanthropy and really more about community engagement and staff engaging our staff with the community. And I think what's great and one of the things that makes our culture so special here is that because we have this baked into the core values of our company, we attract people who have it baked into their own core values in terms of wanting to give back. So as a result of that, you end up hiring like good humans and good people who want to do good. And that makes them better at their work, which then makes our clients happy because they're working with nice people. So it becomes this really nice trickle-down effect. And I I feel like I do see more and more of that happening. I mean, every time I turn around, friends of mine who are currently on the nonprofit side are reaching out to me saying, hey, you know, this bank is hiring a community engagement officer or this bank is hiring. And I'm like, you know, go for it. Because if you've had five or six years in the nonprofit side on the development side, it's a great way to transition into the corporate social responsibility side without having to reinvent your skill set. I think it's exciting. It's an exciting time for nonprofits to know that I think they're going to start finding more and more corporate partners, not just that want to give back financially either. You know, I mean, more and more companies are starting to shift more toward program support and impact support and volunteering than just like writing a check. So, you know, that's an interesting switch too. I noticed more and more organizations, nonprofits are realizing like getting sponsorships for their gala is getting harder and harder, a one-off 2000 or $5,000 sponsorship, but they might go in and sit with the CEO of a bank and the guy might say, here's 15 grand towards programs for some big, huge impact where they can directly see the impact. So that's, 
I think that's going to be a whole other side of corporate social responsibility that's going to require a shift from both sides. You know, as corporate partners start to make a shift on how they want to give, nonprofits are going to have to make adjustments to how they raise their funds. So that could be, I suppose, a, a catch-22 of the change, but hopefully it's a good thing in the end. Because uh, we're seeing uh, volunteer managers who might want to make a shift and, and go from nonprofit work to actually going into the corporate world and heading up or helping them develop a philanthropy uh, mantra or program. Yeah, I think it's a great natural transition. And I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, I feel really fortunate that I was able to pretty seamlessly transfer my skill set over to this side of the fence and um, and be able to have a true understanding of the work that I'm doing and how it's benefiting the partners that we work with. Yeah, and you you are doing a fantastic job. Finger pain is just amazing as far as your philosophy and your engagement of your employees and your engagement in the community. So I think you all would be a, a tremendous example for others to follow. Thank you. I, I hope so. I mean, I think that even though that wasn't our intention when we started out, it was really more about us doing the right thing. Certainly, we're happy to be an example. And I hope that, you know, as companies have questions or as nonprofits have questions about, like, how do I do a better job engaging my corporate sponsors, we hope that our partners feel comfortable reaching out and asking those questions. Yeah. Happy to be that resource. Yeah. And, and and like you said, I remember my first corporate uh, volunteering experience. Uh, these folks came in and immediately we had people saying, oh, they're just doing this for the publicity, blah, 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 blah. And no, no, uh, these folks really wanted to help. And that was eye opening for me because I think you can tell right away that the desire is there to actually give back. Yeah, and I think it probably depends, like, let's face it, there's probably always going to be companies who do it once a year and make a big deal about it. One of the things that we, and that's fine, that's what works for them. For us, we get super excited about the fact that it's not just one day a year. It's, you know, we do our big philanthropy day, but, like, we're engaging across all of our offices in our own way in each community. And I hope, and that's the thing that keeps me up at night, I say it all the time, is, like, when we build a relationship or we connect, we don't ever want it to be out of left field. It's always going to be something that is, like, really important to the staff, makes sense for us, feels really authentic in terms of, like, how are we coming up with this sort of, like, multiple touch points throughout the year so that it doesn't just feel like a one-off thing because that's that's fine. I'm sure people can benefit from a one-off thing, but that's not what we're trying to build. And I think you build a better base of internal engagement when people can have the buy-in and feel the, the authenticity behind it. Well, both this has been uh, incredibly instructive, and I know the volunteer managers and nonprofit professionals listening to this will learn a great a great deal from you. So thank you. Is there anything else that I have not asked you or covered that you would like to say to those who would be listening to this? Just don't be afraid to ask in a really polite and honest way for what you need so that you can start to build a really authentic partnership. I think start to be the change makers in terms of how these relationships get to evolve and become true partnerships so that it's not one-sided. Just ask for what you need. Don't be afraid. 
<laughs> that is great advice. Thank you both. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Volunteer Plane Talk podcast. Big thank you to Alternate Timelines for the use of their music. For more volunteer management talk, or if you just want to reach out to me, please visit my website, volunteerplanetalk.com. Or you can catch me at Meridian Swift on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time, this is Meridian Swift. Thank you and bye-bye.